We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage, while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. It's no secret that focusing on others' outcome ultimately leads to more income for you and your company. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. I'm your host, Mark McDaniel. We have got a very special guest today, a dear, dear friend, an old friend. Uh, We've kind of worked together in the past, and um, Brian has zoomed past me career-wise. But Brian um, has been in finance sales, in software sales, very successfully. And he decided that um, he wanted to own operating companies. Um, A lot of us here on the Short-Term Rental Show, we buy properties. But whenever I was buying properties, he was buying actually operating, moving companies with people involved. And so his first company was a machine shop years ago. And since then, he scaled to 29 different operating companies from trucking to a minor league baseball team. So very, very impressive. The reason we're bringing Brian on the show today, because he looks at a good deal of businesses every day and he understands the business world and he's going to give us a really good outlook on where in the economy might be cracking a little bit where is solid and um where would you know just things that we can be thinking about as we move forward with our with our investment portfolio but that's that. Welcome to show, Brian. Thank you for joining us. This is this is special for me, man. It's special for me too. And for the listening audience, I mean, Mark and I do go back uh, probably 15 years, and um, you know, in, in our respective careers, and just to see where, where, frankly, where where God's taken us. I mean, it's just it's been it's been a really special journey, and it's just it's cool to be to be uh, on the show with you today. And uh, if you recall, it was just what about six months ago. You're up here in in my office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we were uh, we were talking shop and and just dream weaving together and and talking business and it's it's just crazy to see how even since then how the world's changed. It's amazing. It's amazing, and that uh, we got to do that again. By the way, yeah. This the next time I'm going to come visit you. I would love that. So Brian, give us a little. I I mean, obviously, I went over a little bit of history, but. Um, you're in this business world, but give us a little background. Like you, like during college, you were in sales. You were selling knives, right? Yeah. Well, I sold door to door. So, you know, um, and by the way, I just got to tell the, the listeners. So the good endeavor, you know, us talking about operating businesses ultimately, which is my, uh, you know, what I'm a daily practitioner at running operating companies and having leadership teams that run them is actually very similar to short-term rentals because, I mean, a short-term rental is effectively an operating company, right? You got to make sure that you have some of the same disciplinary attributes. Um, and then in good times and bad times, you can have, you can see big swings. So so there are some similar attributes that hopefully the listeners will um, appreciate, I guess, uh, as we go through this. But but really my story, Mark, um, as, as you were alluding to, is, you know, I sold door-to-door in college, sold educational study guides at Southwestern. Um, you know, a really good experience, taught me a lot. I always had an entrepreneurial bent throughout, you know, my formative uh, growing up years in high school and that sort of thing. Did a lot of side businesses and hustle, hustles, if you will. Um, was very entrepreneurial, but then settled into more of a steady corporate uh, corporate roles, both at you know accounting firms and professional services firms, as well as enterprise software. And then ultimately, 
some large, large um, uh, regional banks, uh, which is where Mark and I met. You know, I, I was, at the time I was at a subsidiary of a large regional bank, and we provided financing for some of Mark's clients in his in his, in his profession. And so that's how we, we we became yoked together with some shared clients and some shared experiences. And that's a lesson too, just building in relationship through shared experiences. And so when you, when you kind of manifest all that stuff into um, where I'm at today. Um, there's a, it's a long story, but but ultimately I started. I made the decision um, about five years ago to be full time uh, uh, leader with the businesses that I owned and, and, and operated. Uh, but the story and journey began with that machine shop uh, back in two thousand, really 2014. So you had this machine shop and you got it up and going. You got it profitable, and you're like, man, this is going well. If I had, it's kind of how I think about short term rental properties. I kind of started at the time it's it's different now but at the time when i first got into it i started with the end in mind like this is where i want to be in five years and i backed into it and was like okay to be there i need to create this many good experiences which creates this much rental revenue which creates this much principal pay down and on and on and on is that kind of the same mindset you yeah had. you you really have to begin with the end of mind so you're, you're absolutely right and um you know the machine shop in 2014 was really a manifestation had a great career going in the real real world so to speak corporate america i um, was traveling a lot and uh, my dad had just passed away and he asked me a question when he on his deathbed when he was in hospice he said brian you because know, i was probably complaining about you know having to travel or you know the stresses of the corporate life and i and he just looked me in the eye, you know, on his deathbed and said, Brian, like, what are you chasing? Like, what are you chasing? And it was kind of a, you know, a, a, a pivotal moment in my life, uh, you know, both here on earth and, and beyond. Um, I mean, um, it caused me to really reflect, like, what am I chasing? Am I, am I chasing merely ser- selfish, you know, earthly ambition or something bigger? And so, um, I also, um, had, had at that time been involved in a lot of exotic investments, much like I'm sure the listeners on, 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 on your program, Mark, are like they have different side investments or, you know, obviously real estate and short term rentals, but also um, other maybe side things that produce, you know, income. And I had a lot of that stuff, right, including short term rentals. Um, mm. And um, so when my dad asked me that question, it caused me to reflect. And I'm like, you know what, you know, wh- where did I find joy? Well, I found joy helping people. Um, where, where it wasn't about me necessarily, but it was, it was still about success. I'm not going to lie. It was still about success, but it was more than that. It was like, how do I help enable people, encourage, equip, collaborate, uplift, and then ultimately have impact and influence in whatever pursuit it is. And I found the common thread of that is operating companies. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd help turn around one of my passive investments during the recession, going back to 2008, 2009, I was, I had become the managing partner just on on the side while I still had a day job. And I'm like, wow, I was pretty darn good at that. Like I turned the company around, we got it profitable. I eventually successfully sold it. And I'd done that a couple of times with different pursuits. And it wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't intentional about it. I'm like, well, wow, what if I became intentional about it? Like, wow, that could be Mm -hmm. something special. So in 2014, I partnered with a, with a, um, a local friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, still, dear friend of this day. And we together bought a, uh, you know, a manufacturing company, a precision manufacturing company. And to this day, uh, we still own it together. Although I did sell, uh, in that case, I did sell um, a good chunk of it to him. So he's the, he's the uh, main owner now. 
Um, but we still are partners and, and and still that's still a, a thriving business to this day. But that was really where it got started. And then, you know, a year later, Mark, you know, I got, I got a transportation company. Um, I started a, 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 a cell phone repair co- company. I started, I mean, there's all sorts of businesses that started to, to, to follow after that. And uh, fast forward now, and, you know, we're, we're knocking on 30 different operating companies that all have different P&Ls, mutual, you know, mutually exclusive streams of income, um, over a thousand people across all these companies, quarter of a billion dollars in annual revenue. So, I mean, like, there's a materiality and size and scope to it that we've been able to to uh, create a platform around, much like your listeners, much like what you've done with the short-term rentals. And um, mm-hmm. so it's an exciting story. You know, a common theme with you personally, and a common theme I think in business is that like, if you're yeah. gonna do something, do it really, really well. And I think that's the genius of how we were made. Like we were made, like if we do something really well, at the end of the day, we feel personally satisfied. And also if we do something really well, whoever is the beneficiary of that interaction, the receiver of that service or good is appreciative. So why not, like, if you're gonna do it, do it good. Because I think I, I think what can be lost here is pertaining it back to business or short-term rentals, like, hey, I'm gonna buy this clunky company and it's profitable, or I'm gonna buy this clunky property it's profitable now. I'm just going to like drain all the juice out of this grape. I'm not going to reinvest in the people who's operating it, or I'm not going to reinvest in the decor to make it look better. I'm just going to drain all of it out of it. And eventually it becomes, you know, it's like the old man in, or the kid in the tree, like who takes all the apples off of it and takes the limbs off of it and on and on and on. Um, eventually, like it's a shell of what it could have been. Yeah. And so I think the genius of all this and and who you are and who I know you to be and how you've operated your companies is you reinvest in those companies and you make them good and you make them best of class. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. And and really, there's a common denominator and common thread there. It's like you're chasing something bigger than yourself. So I asked, the you know, my dad asked me the question on his deathbed uh, 10 years ago, which sort of began what eventually began, I, I didn't even realize it, Mark, until probably three years ago that what I had started to create was a manifestation of my of, of that question my dad asked me. And like, and um, that's that's the other surreal part. Like when you look at li- your life, you got to really be honest with yourself and honestly reflect on what what motivates you. What are you chasing? Because if you're just chasing, well, I want to have resources and money to, to to do this, that, and the other. Like that, that will fail you. That will disappoint you. You may, you may hit all those numbers or hit all those goals. And then you're going to be like, wow, that was, that's it. Like, and so it's, there's gotta be something more. And for, and for me, it's having the chance to have that culture, which you're talking about, that cultural element where we come alongside a business owner. Yes. We buy reliably profitable, sleepy heartbeat of America companies all around the U S primarily in the upper Midwest, trying to get some down in the Southeast here. Uh, you know, we'll be working on that here in the years to come, but, but, um, the, uh, you know, that, that, that drive the heartbeat of America. The one thing that's worthwhile for all the listeners to realize is, is small business, which, which short-term rentals are, are, are included in that, obviously are part of that drive yeah. almost half of the U S economy. And yet at a federal level, at a state level, a lot of times those are the businesses that they don't get neglected per se but they get overlooked as far as like resources. And then they also don't 
provide incentives to, to the degree that I think that, that I'd like to see to help, you know, perpetuate the American dream. And so, so that, which is innovation and starting a business and being an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, all these different elements that, that can exist here in America that, that are a little bit harder to do in other places in the world. And so how do we, how do, how do we do that um, uh, with what we have, with the confines we have? And so um, for me, it was a pure motivation of just being able to really, really have that impact and influence with the people, with, uh, with the companies we acquire, with the customers that's, that we serve, and then also the stakeholders that, um, that, that, that are impacted. And that includes folks you know, in, in the nonprofit world. So when we make money, you know, when we toil, when we go through adverse situations in business, um, you know, we know it's worth it because ultimately our, our end beneficiary isn't just, isn't just you know, lying in our pocket, pockets. It's actually providing uh, good, good for others um, in the form of all sorts of different areas, which is key, a key part of the True North culture. That's awesome. You said something to me when I was up there in November. And you said, look, Mark, we're not, we're going to these owners and we're telling them like, we're not trying to turn a bunch of knobs or pull a bunch of levers. Like our deepest desire is for you to come back in five years and say, I'm so happy that I sold my business to you guys. And so there might be a lot of sharks out there and there might be a lot of folks who are trying to turn the dials and pull the levers and like, drain the drain the um all the juice out of the grape so to speak but you're not you're not trying to do that you're you're trying to create a legacy for the folks that you're buying from which perhaps could be the greatest generation in our lifetime the the baby boomer generation talk a little bit about that like how you see them and preserving their legacy yeah i mean that's well stated i mean our message of uniqueness to the rest of the world. So, you know, we, we buy smaller businesses, right? We, we buy that upper main street, that main street business, that upper main street business, lower middle market. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, small, you know, small businesses. Um, and so most of the time we aren't competing against private equity. Um, although the, the, the bigger we get, the, the more we are. I um, mean, I'll talk about that in a minute. Some of the forces of change going on uh, in the last, you know, handful of, uh, of months. Um, but, but so our differentiator, our uniqueness is that we come alongside business owners. We believe that we, we need to be a steward of what we're acquiring. Why? Well, first off, just be super practical, we're buying cash flow. So when you buy an operating company, much like a property or short-term rental, you're assessing the, the reliability around its profit generation um, and, uh, against all of the obligations you're going to have. And so just simple, simple sort of thesis is, is we do that too, right? And, and but but we need to. We really have to stress test the reliability of the profit of, uh, profitability and the cash flow because unlike rental properties or property in general, there's a lot more volatility to it. Like you know, you you may you may you may, and I'm not talking just about revenue. I'm talking about the profitability. You know, a, a company may do ten million dollars of revenue, but only actually make or have cash flow of call it six hundred thousand, right? Well, okay, of that six hundred thousand, what if they have an off year and they only do nine and a half? It's actually not much volatility, right? That's a, that's a modest five percent reduction, but that may wipe out their profit because you may have other forces of change. They may actually be losing money. All of a sudden, they go from making six hundred grand to you know just slight change. The revenue actually held held pretty good, but 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 their but other dynamics happen. Now they lose they lose two hundred grand. So how do you stress test buying an operating company with those when those situations exist? That's how it's. That's how it's. It's just more volatile than a than a rental. I um, short term rentals and 
and even obviously long-term real estate. And so, but you got to be careful with that. Now, the the rewards can be a lot bigger too. Contrary, you can buy a business, and this is what you're talking about. You can be, you can think like, man, if I just turn this down, this down, this down, this down, I can make two million dollars on on that business that was earning six hundred thousand dollars. And word to the wise, just just cautionary tale. I've tried to do that and I've been successful, you know, but I've also lost millions as well. And and so so what I've what, where I really settled in at with True North is we want to focus on True North. Let's be a good steward of what we're here to do. Um to to fulfill our God given capacity to to um to to produce. Um and that in, in our form it's in it's running operating companies and running small businesses. But what does that mean? Well, that means being a steward of what we're acquiring. If we're buying a cash flowing business, by golly, like we want to make sure we're a steward of that to make sure it continues. Well, and to do that, so it starts there. But then the steward of the culture, the steward of the people there, because most of the time we're buying, you know, someone's life's, it's their life's work. They've owned the company for 20, 30, 40 years. They poured their heart and soul into it. And they want to make sure that we protect their employees protect obviously their 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 name or legacy with the company that they started. And so we take that equally uh, really more seriously because we know that if we do that the 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 preservation of the cash flow and all that stuff typically takes care of itself, right? But but so that's a big deal. And I think the cautionary tale for listeners is is like if you're trying to like leave your day job, if you're trying to, you know, ha- create more cash flow in your life so you can quit the day job. You just got to be soberly realistic on what that would would or would not look like. And and a lot of a lot of times it's not by trying to reinvent the wheel. I mean, or turn lemons into lemonade. I think so often in today's society, people measure success by instant gratification. Well, mm. and, and so in the business sense, it's like, oh, I'm gonna buy a business, I'm gonna double sales, and we're gonna quadruple profit and like we're gonna make a time. Well, okay, but um is that the true measure of success? Isn't there something to be said about steady Eddie, which a lot of real estate investors, you know, already understand, and um, and and I think we've taken that that real estate approach um, and brought it into more the operating company mindset, which is distinctively different than private equity um, and, uh, and 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 angel investments. We don't have a buy buy grow and flip strategy. We have a buy and hold for the long term. Um, so I don't know if that, if that helps, but, but that's, that's really what drives everything. So from the minute we meet with the, the, the potential, uh, tr- seller of a business, we're talking about like, Hey, we want to be a steward of what we, what you've created. Man, that is so special. That's, that's super cool. That is so unusual. Um, because the almighty dollar is like something that everybody yearns to, to get to. And so. Um, it's really special how you how you approach your business and how you take a look at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna change change our trajectory a little bit here because you have I mean with 29 operating companies from transportation to finance to a lot of stuff in between you have a very unique perspective. There's a lot of narrative out there about the economy right now. Um, there's a lot of narrative around interest rates. Is the economy going to go down? Is the housing economy going to go down? Like, is it a regional thing? Is it a national thing? And real estate, a lot of times, is a regional. It can be very micro. Um, but you, I mean, I would say you have more of a, a, a macro look at things. What do you see in, and what what are which one of your companies are kind of 
giving you the the glimpse into into some of the cracks in the in the glass, so to speak. Well, the uh, the great great questions and the timeliness of it's you know obviously uh, you know crazy. You know, I look at what's happened in 2023 and 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 um, you know what what that means to the future and then what lies ahead. I mean, there's just a lot of nobody has a crystal ball, right? But I I, I can tell you directionally. You know, I think we're in for a little bit of a, of a, of a bumpy ride here moving forward, and people ought to just expect it. Um, not hope, not hope that things improve, but just really expect the the um, it to be bumpy and uh, maybe even get worse um, uh, from a from an economic standpoint, cost of funds standpoint, all that stuff. But um, to answer your question, so True North, you know, you know, almost thirty businesses. Um, we we're, we're, we we have distinctive industries. We do a lot of the in, in, traditional industrial type of businesses. We're almost all B2B with some few exceptions, but uh, a lot of the industries we're in are um, you know, manufacturing, distribution, packaging, um, um, transportation, logistics, uh, M&A. So we actually have an M&A firm um, where we're a uh, sell-side advisory, um, you know, both in Main Street and then lower middle market. Um, and then also a sports division, which is kind of more my exotic fun stuff, right? But across all of them, what you're what you're starting to see is some trends emerge, and this is for all the listeners here. Like, there's some material things you ought to either write down or or just just really really remember. Uh, really, really, really four four things. Um, flight to quality, okay. Flight to quality. Um, there's and what what does that mean? Okay, flight to quality is um, the lenders. Look, if you're a lender, you're gonna focus on only underwriting reliably profitable, safe cash flowing businesses where you probably have, you know, a, an abundance of collateral. Uh, other, outside of that, you're going to have a hard time, you know, ha- having banks underwrite anything right now. That's right now, right? If you're, if you're on the other side, like let's say you're trying to, um, if you're trying to, um, uh, s- you know, s- um, sell your business, right? You're going to take a flight to quality. You're going to take um, a bona fide money in the bank kind of offer over a higher number, um, because it's more reliable, right? So again, flight to quality. Number two, smart money over cheap money. And that's that's happening. You, any listener probably sees that already. And, and smart money over cheap money. What does that mean? Well, think about this. You know, interest rates have gone up. Um, if you're going to fight for the hottest rate, you know, you're going to be subject to the terms and conditions of banks or whoever the lender is, which is going to be pretty problematic and pretty, especially in today's climate, going to be really restrictive as opposed to smart money, which is fundamentally smart money is smart money, right? What does that mean? That means that while it may be a lot more expensive in some cases, it's smarter for you. Why? Because it gives you more latitude and flexibility to endure and withstand pressures and elements, right? So if, if, if there's a big deficit of rental income, if you're a short-term rental, even if you're paying a higher mortgage, if, if it allows more flexibility, whatever that might be, right? That's yeah. worth it, right? To weather this storm. So what you're seeing is, is this, this flight to quality where it's smart money or cheap money. Um, because in the times where it was 3% and two, you know, all this crazy interest rates, it was e- really easy to shop because everybody was trying to lend you money to just, just to put money on the, you know, put, put your asset on the books. But now, they're all, you know, banks are only going to choose smart money over cheap money. Again, flight to quality, and then you as a as on being on on, a, on the side of it, whether as a borrower or whatever, you're going to choose flexibility over price. So, like, so let me let me say one yeah. thing there. 
I actually heard Barbara Corcoran, who's from Shark Tank fame, talking a little bit about this. She was like, if you can find a good a good deal now, despite the interest rate, if you can find a good deal and close on it, then it might still be worth it. Because come next June, when rates go down, there might be another crazy frenzy. <laughs> you know, if mortgage rates go from eight to five and a half within the next 18 months, there's probably going to be another frenzy for the property that you just got at a good deal. So that might be like smart money versus like, I'll just buy any old thing because it's cheap money. Right? Totally. Well, and so think about that statement. That's so wise. This is playing the long-term game, right? If you fundamentally have a really good property that's going to withstand the test of time, interest rate, cost of funds, the type of structure you're in, that's going to be temporary. And if it's fundamentally a really good asset, whether it's a business or property or whatever, like that should stand, withstand the test of time, no matter what instrument allows you to acquire it, right? So, so there's a lot of lessons to be learned, and that that incorporates both concepts, right? The the flight to quality and smart money over cheap money. Like focus on quality, and then focus on smart instead of necessarily cheap. Because if you do those two fundamental things, you know. More often than not, you're going to end up in a in a pretty solid position because if you chose quality, quality withstands a lot of elements, right? It's like building building uh, building something on granite instead of building something you know uh, on sand, right? Um, I mean, it's just just choose choose wisely. Um, the, the the only other two things I wanted to mention, Mark, too, is because there's there's really these four concepts, um, and I'm actually going to be talking about this, uh, you know, um, uh, to different different groups here in the in the next uh, month or so. You know, the winners are going to be the the people that are in the arena. That's number three. The the winners of this any sort of recessionary uh, pressures or cost of capital issues and all this stuff are going to be the people that are willing to be in the arena. In other words, it's not going. Oh, Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not going to be the folks that are in the ivory tower or saying, "Hey, thou shalt," or just kind of looking at the uh, you know. You got you to gotta be willing to roll up your sleeves. And by the way, that includes, and I don't mean to get off topic, but that includes being at the office. That includes yeah, showing up. That includes like, like doing the face-to-face, building relationships, making the investments necessary, being active, having a bias for action. All of these things, you know, I'm just telling you, to, to, to those folks that are willing to do that, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be ahead. And the ones that are going to be idle or say like, hey, we're just going to, see what happened, wait this out. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of missed opportunities. So that that's the third. And then the last one is just culture. What's, what's What I'm seeing as a trend and direction in all of life is culture, culture trumps, you know, we, you know, we've heard, it was a Drucker that said culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, um, I think that was Peter Drucker that said that, well, back in the eighties kind of dating ourselves. Um, but, but um, really culture over all everything else is really emerging. And I think that's more of a byproduct of the younger generation, the Xennials and certainly the younger millennials, um, where they, they're, they're choosing culture over wages, um, you know, all that stuff. I mean, really, you know, so if you have a really strong culture with whatever you're doing, with how you interact with people, how you deal with customers with the short-term rentals, uh, how you deal with um, your lenders, how you deal with your uh, contractors, um, if you're a pro- if you're a property manager, how you're dealing with all your your crews and all your people? I mean, like I'm telling you, like culture is going to reign supreme. So again, back to being in the arena, you know, that's going to lead to a more favorable culture. 
and having a more favorable culture matters more now than it ever has. So like those, those simple truths, like, which I think most people would be like, well, Brian, isn't that the case all the time? Uh, yeah, but now it matters more than ever. Man, that is so good. The, the winners will be in the arena. That's the first thing I want to comment on. Like, remember when you first started your sales career and somebody told you, man, this is going to take you at least a good nine to 18 months before you get things going. And remember all the folks who started with you who fell out about six to seven, eight months. Yeah. And then like those who kept going and just showed up, like there's a lot to not being like the most crisp salesperson, not being the most crisp sales, you know, they're not being the most crisp um, business guy, yep. but just being there and being reliable and accountable and just being there over and over. The winners will be in the arena. It's because you're not trying to skirt it. You're not trying to shortcut it. You're not trying to elevate yourself out of it. I think that's so good. Um, and then the culture kind of trumps everything else. Like, absolutely love it. Yeah. Because uh, you can kind of see that, like, I, I like it. Elon Musk, I mean, a modern day kind of cultural guy. Yeah. Like, I think he's created incredible products and created like a heck of a following. Um, but there were certain things like culturally in, inside of inside of the business, inside of his businesses that, that calls people to to leave. And so when there's um, when you have a lot of choice, I guess if you're like him and, and you are like the only guy who sells this particular thing and you have such a brand, it might be different. But you're when you're on Main Street, like you and me, and you know we have day-to-day -day interaction with guests and we have day-to-day -day interaction with owners. And they can choose whether they want their interaction with us or they can choose whether they want their interaction with somebody else. And the same with, same with you, same with your machine shop, same with your transportation companies, same on and on and on. If they can choose and there's this lineage that runs there's this line of culture that runs throughout your business from you through your general manager through those kind of folks on the front line and it's the same heart and it's the same communication style and it's the same reliable um solutions over and over man that is so good because as a consumer you don't want peaks and valleys, you want something consistent and reliable. That's why franchises work so well and cultures, you know, consistent cultures work so well. Yeah, I know. Well, well stated. And, and I think, I think the ambition, I mean, think about bringing it back to the good endeavor and, you know, short term, you know, just even like rental properties, but it transcends, it kind of transcends into life. But even from a rental property perspective, you know, like, you know, I, I we, we rented a, a property down in South Carolina here as a family a handful of weeks ago. And, you know, the experience was was awesome and it was a short-term rental right and the experience is so good that like my wife and i said when, upon exiting we're like hey even if we can't get this same house which is awesome like we're going to use this 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 property manager like we're going to use this firm to to book one of their units and so like think about how that tr that that extends into all areas of life right whether it be the companies you know for for what we try to do at true north um, or beyond. And so our relationships, right? You know, like I know Mark McDaniel, I know who, he's a great guy. Like, you know, you need to meet Mark. I mean, it echoes, it echoes. And, and this, this notion of the echo effect is, is something that not to, to be understated either. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think about like just our relationship and 
I think, man, every time I interact with Brian, he's upbeat, he's got a smile, he's always got something interesting to say, and he's always humble about kind of where he came from and where he is and, and knows how to give back. And so if that's you at your core and you don't, you don't try to take the credit, you give the credit away, and if that's you at your core and you interact, like, so I see you as that, that's your personal brand, but if you interact with all 1,000 employees in the same way, that that just permeates organizationally. And um, you're right, it is transcendent. Like if somebody shows up to our property and they get a basket of goods and the kitchen is clean and everything's operable and anytime they reach out, they get communication back right away. Like that's great. That's good. Yeah. That's reliable. Yeah. And that's, you know, people... Like, like you said, like, even if that property is not available, I'm going to rent another one of their properties because I like that. I like that experience. And it's less really about the property sometimes than it is about the experience. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up a good concept that, that I'll also, you know, leave the, the listeners with too, is, which is changed kind of my view of the world. And I think has really helped me as a fallible person. I mean, like I, you know, I have a, you know, to your, you know, what you were alluding to, I appreciate those comments and I really try to be that way. But like, if I'm ask myself in my, you know, my darkest hour, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fallible, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not perfect. And, and, um, a concept that really helped me is, is, um, this notion of, um, three-step process. And it's, it's really, you know, being, being vulnerable, you know, it starts with being vulnerable. If you're authentic and vulnerable, I mean, man, it's, man, you open up this, whole opportunity in your life. People who aren't that way, you just closed off a ton of opportunity. You don't even realize it. So to be vulnerable, be honest about yourself, about your fallibilities, big deal. Um, and then, and, and, and then the second part of that is surrendering the outcome. So if you're vulnerable, if you're honest with yourself, if you're and, and others, um, and you're willing to surrender the outcome, it's kind of like what you're talking about on the set when we were getting started in sales, right? You know, like where it's like, we had to be vulnerable, like we were with each other, which probably helped build our friendship, right? We're talking about how we're willing to surrender the outcome because we know the, the simple truths of doing doing things over and over again and just surrendering the short-term outcome. Uh, you know, we'll be, you know, we, we trusted in the process, right? Um, you know, surrendering the outcome, truly surrendering um, helped us be successful. And then the third part though is doing the work. Like, so, so you got to keep doing the work, right? So it's be vulnerable, Surrender the outcome, do the work. If you do those things in that order, it's amazing how life sort of comes together. Um, you know, across all of that is this notion of surrendering selfish ambition, which is really hard for for really anybody in today's society to do because you look at everything's instant gratification, social media, this influencer, that you know, this many followers, this many likes, all that stuff. It's really hard to surrender selfish ambition. But like, if you can successfully do that and live those three like pr principles. Man, it's it's amazing how things just take off. Brian, you were talking about selfish ambition, and um, it's so true. But it's interesting the way we were built. It's almost like the most selfish thing you can do is to help other people get to where they want to be. And here's here's where that's coming from. Like it's it doesn't make sense. Like when you focus on your day to day, you're like, I'm going to take away from what I want to do to go over here and focus and help them get to where they want to be. But the thing that makes me feel best, like the thing that makes me 
the happiest, the most joyful is helping other people get to where they want to be. And it's an old Zig Ziglar saying, if you help enough other people get to where they want to be, you just will get to where you want to be. And so it, it sounds contradictory to take time away from yourself and your own ambitions and your own goals. Um, but it's almost like as part of your goal, as part of who you want to be, if you make, hey, I want to help this person or these group of people or as many people as I can possible, you know, I want to incrementally make their life better by 1%. And if you can make hundreds of people's lives incrementally better by 1%, I guarantee you your life will be better, right? But you see, it's a different idea of, of self-ambition. It's a different kind of framework. Um, in your mind to, to even think about that. Yeah, no, I, oh man, it's so good. Pre it's just, just keep preaching, man. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And like, you know, I, again, I'm not saying I'm the best, even the best at this, but what I've learned in life is that the most fulfilling, um, events when I, when I started reflecting on what am I chasing in life, it was when I, when I help people, I mean, and, and, and not to get yeah. too overly emotional or, you know, overly vulnerable on the podcast, but the brutal truth is, is it was when I saw people achieve like their potential specifically, like in a business sense is where I found the most like fulfillment and engagement within business. And so it was like, wow, if that's the case, like I got to do more of that. And, um, and, and, and that manifested itself into like surrender it. So I just got to stop thinking about myself. So for me, it's like thought control. You know, I, I got to really check my selfish thoughts at the door and I'm talking about, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm not good at it. Like, I'm, I mean, I got to do it every day, like in every moment. I mean, even when I look at my schedule, it's like I get selfish in a hurry because I'm like, man, my schedule isn't even my own a lot of days. But like if I can surrender my selfish, my selfish thoughts or motives or just stop thinking about myself, it's, yeah, it's amazing what happens. And I, I heard a quote and I don't know exactly who it came from, but it's, it's not that you think less of yourself, you know, because you actually have a higher esteem of yourself. Why? Because you aren't, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't obsessed with yourself. Like you have a high esteem of yourself, so you don't have to worry about worry about yourself. So you think less. Of, yeah. It's not that you think less of. Or it's not that you think less of yourself. It's that you think of yourself in the moments less. Does that make sense? Like where yes. it's like your 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 thought control isn't on. You know, like. Oh, you know, oh, look at me, or I'm feeling this, or I'm feeling that. I need this. I need that. It's, it's like, wow, what, what's I'm with Mark. What, you know, what's what, what's Mark thinking? What's Mark, you know, needy? What's how can I help Mark? It's, it's the thought yeah. control, and, and I'm saying this because I've struggled with it in my life, and, and the perfection, the sanctification of pursuing, you know, um, and surrendering, uh, pursuing less selfish ambition, surrendering selfish ambition, is what I'm talking about here. And, and I think that's what you're talking about too, is like when you can do that, it's amazing how you actually get what you're seeking. But oh, by the way, you have this, this magnifying effect of fulfillment. I think about it like as our industry, short-term rentals, I think helping other people is a form of hospitality. Like when you invite somebody into your home that takes you out of your natural, you know, you're not sitting on the couch watching Netflix in this comfortable atmosphere. Now you have this like, um, foreign specimen coming into your home, so to speak, and you go out of your way to make sure that they feel comfortable. 
And at the end of the night, you're like, man, I really love doing that. And so same way with short-term rentals. If we can go out of our way, which is not thinking about ourselves, if we can go out of our way and making sure that every single need is either met or exceeded, then we automatically feel better. And then our business automatically gets better by just by the simple act of like, all right, today I'm not going to focus on nickel and diming and I'm not going to focus on my couch getting messed up or my countertops getting stained. I'm going to focus on 100% guest satisfaction and knowing that they are going, they saved their whole year to go on this vacation and we are going to make them feel like a millionaire for the weekend. And that's like, if that's the whole goal, then don't worry about yourself. Like that'll be taken care of. Yeah, no, th- th- that's the that's one of the best examples I've ever heard. I mean, like short-term rentals are 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 fundamental to that notion. I mean, uh, where you truly do help people give this unbelievable experience. And and I mean, I've been a I've, we've been like I was saying when we were down in South Carolina. I mean, same thing. I mean, we had such a great experience. It's like, man, we want to come back. Who's that helping? That's helping the property owner, helping the property manager. But it's because they poured into us. It's like, man. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a great example and and again high level in life, I mean I've just found the more I surrender my selfish ambition in general, um, not that I'm not not that I'm not pursuing excellence, not that I'm pr- not pursuing success, not that I'm not pursuing you know execution of objectives in front of me, quite the contrary. I'm just along the way. It's like you know it's not it's not just about me. It's you know and and I think just that that notion. And that concept is, has been incredibly powerful for me and has made all the difference. The, the other thing, just, just one addition, it's the kind of the pebble in the ocean effect. Like, all right, I made this one mindset shift. And now, like, this electric company that services this house is going to get more calls because there's going to be more traffic. And this plumbing company and this kid who has a dad who's a plumber is going to be affected because we made a company mindset shift to focus on the customer and focus on they're going to come back to this area again because they had a great experience and on and on and on. And if enough folks do that, it's like the rising tide. Like you don't worry about your competition at that point. Like the rising tide will rise all shifts. Echo effect, man. Echo effect. Amen. Same. Well, man, sorry for talking so much because I really just love hearing you i love hearing you man (laughs) it's fun it's fun to fun to talk it's fun to dream weave yeah if you had to recommend um not not kind of the same old book but if you had to recommend kind of one business book or maybe as a spiritual book to our audience what would it be one one that's kind of been a little transformational for yourself oh there's been so many over the over the years um the one that comes to mind based on just kind of the conversation we've had today though it's probably halftime, you know, and I, I know you're familiar with it and um, it's really pursuing, you know, moving from this pursuit of earthly success to more eternal significance. And when you have that sort of as your time horizon, um, mm-hmm. just everything changes. And unless, unless you, you know, you know, unless you've made an intentional, you know, uh, this decision to sort of focus on something different, like you're going to focus on earth, you know, earthly pursuits that, you know, give you earthly success. And I'm just saying like, when you, when you surrender that back to surrendering the outcome and you just feel like, Hey, what am I here to do while on earth? Um, you, you change your horizon. And so, you know, it, 
a, a wise a wise friend of mine has said, and, and and I've started using it all the time. You know, back to the notion of what are you chasing? What's your you know who's your audience? What what's what's your time frame? And what treasures are you chasing? You know, audience, t- you know, time frame and treasure, right? If you can if you can answer those things around what you're chasing in those areas of life, um, I think you'll find how ha- how shallow and empty a lot a lot of people's answers are, including you know at, at one point mine, right? And and I think you know the pursuit of more more um, more um, fulfilling sort of answers to those questions is the is the key to is the key. And so, you know, audience, it's bigger than myself. It's not about me. It's not about necessarily others. It's about in my in my in my situation about my faith and you know serving a different kind of master, right? Not nobody here on earth. Um, timeline, mm-hmm. it's more of an eternal timeline instead of just the my time here on earth. Well, that changes things, right? Imagine that. Like you make your decisions differently, right? And then treasures, like if the treasures are in many cases not earthly and you know, not financial or not earthly, and they're more eternal. Oh my goodness! Like now, all of a sudden, it really changes how you approach your day. And so, like those, like that, that that concepts, uh, that concept, um, really has ha- had a huge impact on my life. So good, man. Man, this has been outstanding. If you might not want to give this information, but if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, or if anybody wanted to learn more about True North. What would be the best ways to do that? You know, I think the best, um, if you go, to, you can just go to truenorthequitypartners.com, um, you know, slipka.com. I, you know, my last name is Slipka, uh, Brian Slipka, uh, True North. Um, you can go to slipka.com as well. Um, and uh, you can find out, you know, ways to get a hold of me and, and contact me and some of the stuff we're doing out in the market. Uh, would be happy to help, you know, um, yeah, any way I can, whether it be some myself or somebody else from my team uh, helping people. So again, you know, help people and typically success follows, right? So you don't, you don't, you help people just to help people, but it's crazy how when you do that, um, good things happen. Yeah, man. Thank you, Brian. This has been a real pleasure. Well, thank you. And Mark, you know, just, I got to tell everybody like in front and, you know, and the listeners, you know, to you, uh, but you know, this good endeavor is just a, is just a really uh, cool, you know, depiction of, of how strong your character and intent is to help people. And uh, I just uh, can't can't thank you enough for obviously having me on the show, but also for just what you do for humanity and for everybody. And it's just uh, it's been super fun to watch, and it's been fun, frankly, to grow together in life, right? I mean, just see how we how we how we mature and how how the sanctification process you know exists in all of us, and how we just keep keep getting be- you know better. And um, you know, and and that pursuit of pursuit of that is pretty cool, man. Means a lot coming from you. Back at you. Yep. Cool, man. Thank you for listening. And don't forget about the tools available to subscribers. The Property Manager Self-Assessment Tool, My Property Upgrade Walkthrough List, or the chance to feel like a millionaire for the weekend by checking out one of our own properties in person. It's all available on our website, www.goodendeavorstrshow.com.